Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi, everyone. My name is Lori Fetrick, and thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice, the podcast where legends live on. Today, I am so excited about the guest I have on. His name is Vinny Tortorich. He is a fitness expert. He's got a documentary out called Fat that I just watched that just absolutely blew my mind. It will change the way you look at food that you put in your body today. America is fatter than it's ever been. Obesity is on the rise. Diabetes is on the rise. But yet, I mean, there are so many questions, and we tend to think we have the answers, but who do we believe? I mean, let's think about it. It's always the same conversations. Eat fat. Don't eat fat. Eat carbs. Don't eat carbs. You know, and then there's the diets. There's the vegan diets, the keto diet. What diets do we follow, if at any, any of them? Is the government one of the problems? Is that where it all started? And what does the church, Seventh-day Adventist, have to do with our diets today anyway? Vinny is a wealth of knowledge, so you're not going to want to miss this episode, so stay right here and let's get started. Welcome to Season 2 of Chillin' with Ice. I'm your host, Lori Fetrick, also known as Ice from the hit iconic show, American Gladiators. If you're new to the show, make sure you go back and listen to some of the funniest jaw-dropping behind-the-scenes stories from some of the original American Gladiators. In season two of Chillin' with Ice, you're going to hear some real one-on-one conversations with pop culture icons, athletes, and lifestyle gurus, and that's just to name a few. We will be covering everything from 90s classic, fitness, anti-aging, to recent trends, and so much more. This podcast is where legends live on. We are chilling with ice. Again. <laughs> again. How and are again. you? And I'm, again. I'm great. How are you? I'm good, Jeff. Yeah, it's raining outside. Why is it so rainy and wet in LA right now? It's California. It's California weather in the winter. I'm paying so much money to live here and to be sunny all the time. Well, and I, I think I need some reimbursement. LA, come on. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. But this is our <laughs> this is our winner. We got to be actually happy that we're not 20 and 30 below. Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah. it's just a little rainy. People are just laughing at us right now, you know, because we're complaining about the weather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All, uh, a good chunk of yesterday, I was just watching uh, videos of uh, like car accidents, like up in the Northeast and everything of just people being dumb, you know, kind oh, of such high TV kind of thing. And it's like, well, not here. Uh, although it happens in other ways. I know, exactly. So I'm really excited about my guest today. Yeah, who do we got? His name is Vinny Tortorich. Cool, and an he, awesome last name. Uh, exactly. He started out, he wrote a book um, called Fitness Confidential, which turned into a many things, which we're gonna talk about today on the podcast. He has four documentaries, and let's just bring him in right now and just let's get this it. thing started, because I did his podcast, and he was so fascinating that I know that all my listeners and viewers are just going to absolutely eat this guy up and love him because there's so much information out there that he has that, I mean, he actually told me things that I, you know, I thought I knew a lot, 
But man, it's just, he was just, he's just incredible. So Vinny, Vinny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Vinny, welcome, man. How are you? Thank you, guys. Thanks. Um, yeah, th this is great. And, you know, it's funny you talk about L.A. weather because uh, I remember one time a few years back when I was still living in L.A., it it finally snowed down to like a thousand feet, which means that if you went over the pass mm -hmm. in and road into Malibu, there was snow on that road. So some idiots took it upon themselves to try to go snowboarding down. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> you, you sit there and you go, come on, they're drop offs. You can just drop off into obscurity. No one's ever going to find you. Yep. Mm hmm. That's L.A., right? I That's mean, L.A. And before we came on, we were talking about the 60-degree weather. <laughs> that you said there's two types of 60 degrees. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, in, in the fall, people in L.A., 60 degrees, they will wear, you know, like parkers, right? They pull out their winter jackets. It's 60 degrees. And in the spring, it's like, well, it's springtime and it's 60 degrees. Okay, we'll go out and put bikinis on and go to the beach. Listen, here's the thing. I mean, 60 degree weather, I, I'm a jacket hound. I love my boots. And if it just drops just enough, I get to wear them, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, and, and then in L.A., there's this other confusing thing. Look, I lived there for 31 years and I was confounded and confused most of the time. Um <laughs> It's the only place where people wear T-shirts, shorts with a, a beanie on, like the kind you go skiing in, and Ugg boots. Yep. Nowhere else on the planet. This is it, L.A. I'm that guy. <laughs> that that <laughs> is Jeff. <laughs> it, 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 come on, Jeff. What, what, what's the deal? What, your head is cold and your feet are cold? You know, well, the, those are called laundry days for me. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's like, well, I, all, shorts is just kind of all that I have and I still got to work out. You know, I mean, it's winter time right now. Right now is the time to get that summer bod going, you know. And hey. Uh, wait, that, that was the other thing. When I first got to L.A., I went down to Gold's Gym, A1. And I was like. These people are in their fucking pajamas. Remember that? Everyone had the parachute. Like, they were walking around like MC Hammer mm -hmm. with muscles oh, or something. Well, check this out. I mean, I'm in the gym now, and I'm watching these kids come in, and it's getting to be older generation, not just kids. But they're literally wearing their pajama bottoms in the gym now. Not the MC Hammer pants, the big parachute pants that were all the workout. We're talking like you go to Macy's, you buy a a set of pajamas and they're wearing their pajama pants now in the gym. And I'm just like, when did this happen? <laughs> well, look, you and I were talking on my podcast about, you know, we, you, we uh, Jeff, you don't know this, but um, you know, Laurie and I figured out that we would have sex with each other, even though she's into chicks. We, we figured oh, out. We, we, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. We fell in love on my show. And, and here's, Here's why we come from a generation where we just don't understand what other generations are doing. We're in the nowhere generation. We're 60 year olds. We don't get what everyone else is doing. And I, I walked into my buddy, I'm going to name drop here. I walked Go into ahead. Adam Carolla's show and we were hanging out before the show and he goes, Hey, you look perplexed. What's wrong? And I said, uh, Adam, I just got off an airplane and came here from Burbank and he goes, yeah, what's wrong? And I said, I think I'm the only guy that had a button down shirt, a belt and shoes. No one else in that plane, maybe the captain had that combination on. 
a shirt with buttons, a belt, an actual <laughs> shoe. Actually, I had cowboy boots on, but actual leather shoes. There were people flying in pajamas mm -hmm. and little fluffy slippers. Mm -hmm. Like it's like I wouldn't walk around my house like that. Mm -mm. It's it's we're in L.A. now, man. We're there. And I mean, this is what we were talking about. And that is like even like the gold's gym and the bodies and what's happening here in L.A. and what's happening across the country. I mean, you actually literally enlightened me on so many things when it comes to, you know, the the nutritional side. So we're transitioning here, if you didn't notice. But anyway, <laughs> you know, the nutritional side of things. And I mean, your fitness, you know, your fitness book, uh, the fitness confidential turned into now that turned into the podcast, obviously. Correct. Yeah. OK, so when did you write the book Fitness Confidential? How many years well, ago? I, I can tell you that. But first, I, I forgot to do this. I'm looking at myself in the camera and I forgot to do this. Hang on. Look what I have. Oh, baby, look at that. Look at, look at this. I he, have Chilling with Ice merch right here. You are the man. That hat looks so good on you. Oh, I, just I love that. Twice. Jeff, Jeff, check this out. I'm twice as sexy, right? You yeah, are. for sure. Yes. Oh, there we yeah. go. You you got it now. Vinny, thank you. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, you know, look, and it's a great product because it's made out of nice, it feels cotton. It's cotton, right? Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it doesn't, I hate hats that have that thing in the front because once you sweat in it, it shrivels up. Yep. This is not going to shrivel up. No. I'm going to crush it, put it back on my head. We're going to rock and roll. We this got that hat. chilling with ice. I love that hat on you. Yeah, I might have sexy. to get more. There you go. Um, I like all the, the, the ice merch. Guys, go check that out at chilling with ice merch. Where, where do, yeah, where do they is. find stuff? They find it on icetshirts.com. Go there. My wife thought when she looked, she goes, wait, chilling with ice. She goes to the site and she goes, she, my wife was in LA doing a television show and she wrote to him. She goes, are you buying pornography? I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, I, I thought someone was stole your account and said chilling with ice. And I go to the thing and I see naked pictures of, of a woman. Oh, naked pictures. Wait, hang on. So while she's on the phone, I'm, I'm there doing that. And it's all these incredible, beautiful pictures of you when you were younger. Yes, but I wasn't naked. Let's clarify that. That was only was one shot coming out of the pool with my little kind of bare butt. But mm, yet I yeah. had a G-string on. So. She did. Yeah, <laughs> things were covered. You cannot see things. Um, and I like the one, the James Bond thing you did coming out of the water with the uh, scuba gear. Yes. Yeah, yes. That, that was very nice. That so go check out everything over at Chilling with Ice. Oh, I'm, I'm bringing Ice. you on all the time to, to rock my merch. <laughs> so um, here's what happened. Um, you want the long, long story? No, I want the short version because we've got a lot to cover. Okay. Everyone in Hollywood wanted me to write a book because I know everybody because of what I was doing for a living. And um, that was? I kept saying, huh? Go well, back and what you did just a little bit because I know that was really interesting as well. Yeah, I was, um, I was a trainer. Everyone calls themselves this nowadays, but I was actually a trainer who trained big celebrities mm -hmm. in their homes and they wanted me to write this book there was a famous book that came out that was called you'll never eat in this town again where this woman spilled the beans on the hollywood elite and a lot of these big book companies came to me and said hey we will dump money at your doorstep to write <clears throat> about your clients 
And I said, you know, whether I loved them or hated them, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't brought up that way where you sell someone out to make a buck. So the book idea kept going away. Well, whenever the economy hit back in 2008, by 2010, um, there was a writer strike and, and one of my best clients, good buddies, a guy named Dean Laurie, he kept saying to me every Friday, we'd go out for, for dinner and he would go, you need to write a book. And I kept saying, Dean, they want me to mention names. I'm not going to, he goes, no, no, no. You got, you got these stories. You have all these great stories. You got to write a book. <clears throat> and I kept saying, no. Well, one Friday he says to me, you got to read a book. What are you talking about? I read all the time. He goes, I want you to read Kitchen Confidential by um, Anthony Bourdain. And I went home that night. I got the book and I read it. I bought it on the way home. We were in Calabasas. I walked right into Barnes and Noble after dinner and bought the book, came home, started reading. And about two thirds, it must have been four o'clock in the morning. I texted Dean and I said, I know exactly what you want me to do. I can do this. So I wrote this book. Um, there was bidding wars between um, all these different, you know, Simon and Schuster, and this and I had an mm. agent. But the problem they had with me was we went on to the Google machine and you don't exist mm -hmm. in Google. Like your name does not come up. I mean, Jeff could not even pronounce my name five minutes ago. <laughs> so... I was like, uh, they said, you need to become famous on the internet. And this is, think about this, Laura, 2010. And I'm like 50 years old or 48. I'm like, I literally Googled how to become famous on the internet. Oh, that's funny. And at the time, there was a girl calling herself Jenna Marbles. And she was famous because she wore a bikini and said stuff on, on you know, like uh, YouTube. And I went, okay, I don't have a bikini, so that's not going to work. And then I pulled up another video. This guy had like a an RC boat, and he taught a, a squirrel how to water ski behind the boat. I remember that video. I think everybody remember that? remembers yeah, that video. It's on that movie Anchorman, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at that, and I went, okay, by the time I train a squirrel and I learn how to work an RC <laughs> boat, this, this could take years. And they want me to become famous now. Mm -hmm. And um, so then my nephew said to me, he goes, won't you do a podcast? And I literally said, what's, what's a podcast? Mm -hmm. Didn't Between the time I heard the word podcast and when I did my first podcast was about seven days, mm -hmm. maybe six. I wasted no time. I, I learned what a podcast was and I started way back then. And the cool thing is, is that I did the podcast for a year while I was trying to get a book deal to work. And they kept wanting me to change. They actually, they wanted me to take my book and cut it into two books. They said, you wrote two books into one. We will give you a two book deal. Now, what author wouldn't take that deal? Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't because I'm not an author. I went, this was my one book. I'm selling it like this. So during that year, my podcast went from nothing to having, at the time, well over 100,000 downloads a month. So I did Vinny math. I went, okay. Hmm. 
if I publish this book myself mm. and I get 10% of this 100,000 people, that's 10,000 people, I can probably make as much money as what they want to give me as a down payment mm -hmm. on this book. So I did that. I, I, and by the way, I didn't do a vanity press. Here's what I learned, Laurie, and I know you're doing a children's book right now. Yeah. And here's what I want you to learn. I, I was able to hire the same um, editors that Simon & Schuster and HarperCollins and all these people use. You can hire these people on the side, mm -hmm. and they're not expensive. I know. $1,500, $2,000. I went in the booth and recorded. This was before people recorded their own books. I hired the people that Audible uses. These people are all over the valley, by the way. Oh, yeah. All over the valley. I went into a booth, paid those people a couple of thousand dollars, did the whole book, put it on Audible myself. I did everything myself. I, it, was, it was formatted for Nook, Kindle, you know, this, this, that, and the other thing. You can read it on your thing. And a real book. We put it up on Amazon, and um, my book went from zero to overnight because I kept telling my audience, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And they went out on day one, bought it, wrote reviews. It went right to the top of Amazon. And then Amazon, you know, they don't care about race, color, creed. They don't care about anything. It's an algorithm. Mm -hmm. I got on some algorithm and my book went to the top and stayed there for like a year. So why do you think that is? I mean, contents of it, fitness confidential, people want to know about, you know, nutrition. They want to know how to, you know, training. I mean, tell me why you think that is. Well, it was a combination, kind of like Anthony Bourdain's book. It was a combination of my story mm -hmm. coming out of the swamps of Louisiana and somehow ending up in Beverly Hills which is a fantastical story in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So, wow, this guy did all of that and it's real. He really did that, right? It was a piece of that. And then there was, I was introducing this crazy thing of cut sugars and grains out and eat more fat, which people would write to me and go, you're going to get sued for even saying, telling people to eat more fat. What, what are you doing? Right. It was, it, by the way, now everyone goes, oh yeah, keto. Yeah. Got it. Been there, done that. So you feel like you're the, you're the, you're the first one that came out with this concept and then somebody ran with it. And why did they name it keto of all things though? Well, it's interesting. I didn't come out with this. Um, I had been studying um, way back in the seventies and eighties, back when I was in a gym with bodybuilders, we talked about this. These guys would, they would, you know, look good for one day when they were on stage the rest of the time they were bloated and distended and everything else my question was can you walk can you walk around airbrushed basically can you walk around fit and i was able to do it because i was, I was following you know i read you know you know banting and you know the, the letters and corpulence way back when i was a fan of atkins back in the 70s and what he was talking about and then a good friend, we've become good friends. Uh, Gary Taubes wrote these incredible books before mine. The first one was called, um, oh God, uh, on this subject, the first one was called, um, I can't remember, but the second one was called Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. 
right? So I was not, I was third wave. First there was Atkins, then there was Gary, who his, my book came on the heels of his book. But the difference between Gary and me is I had also taken it to this new medium, the internet. Mm -hmm. And no one was doing that back then. And then when Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla found me, they found me through one of my clients. I'm going to name drop again. Excuse me. Um, they found me through Howie Mandel. Mm -hmm. Howie kept saying, oh, you know, my trainer has this pretty big podcast. And that's how Adam found me. And so now I'm on one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And I have Dr. Drew nodding and going, oh, this guy's right. Well, then you you go again right? You, your star shines again. And people were writing to them going, you're, you're telling people to eat bacon, you got this guy on us telling people to eat bacon, you guys are going to get sued. It, that's how crazy it was 10 years ago, everyone mm -hmm. thought you couldn't talk about the stuff you're going to get sued, right? But well, we, you know, that's where the term ketogenic started coming around and, and that turned to keto. Well, that I mean, we were taught, you know, in bodybuilding, you know, cut all your fats, you know, it's high protein, you know, <laughs> very good complex carbs and, you know, whatever you do, cut your fats. And so that was the mentality that we had. So this whole new concept of, you know, let's cut the grains down, no seed oils um, and introducing all these fats. We were just like, whoa, hold on. This is like, backwards. This isn't going to work. Our cholesterol is going to go through the ceiling. We're going to die of heart attacks. You right. know? Well, you know, my clue actually came from, you know, I have a degree in exercise physiology and another degree in nutrition uh, from Tulane University, which is a medical school. And um, I'll never forget being in a class and a professor saying that our body's preferred fuel is fat. Fat is only there for one reason, for energy. As a matter of fact, it's so important. It's the only macronutrient that our body will hang on to, mm -hmm. right? And, and store so that we can make it through winters and this and that. And that's where our body was set up. And then about a month later, because I took, I just took copious notes. And I have a weird brain where I don't forget stuff. And <clears throat> about a month later, he was talking about carbohydrates and exercise and how you need these carbs because they convert to quick energy. And, you know, I raised my hand, went, wait a minute, back on September 25th, you said the body's preferred fuel is fat. Why doesn't it work with exercise? And he said, well, you can't turn it in, you can't get a butyrate from a fat that fast. So once you start moving too fast, you need that quick energy, right? And I went, okay, so we need sugar to be athletic, to, you know, and I was on a football team, you know, we used quick energy all the mm -hmm. time. <clears throat> so that made sense to me, they gave us Gatorade and this and that. And at halftime, they would literally give us Coca Cola's, you mm -hmm. know, just sugar up, we got to go out the second half. Mm -hmm. So I, that made sense to me. Um, but I also knew what my great grandparents from Italy would say, they would go, you know, if you want to bulk up, eat sugary things. If you're eating sugary things, we knew that sugar would make you fat. You know, so there were these two diametrically opposed things, what I was learning in, in, in academia, and what my great grandmother knew from the old country, mm -hmm. right? So the, I had these competing thoughts. And then uh, just like most bodybuilding types, I, I also believe that, okay, if you cut down on carbs, you'll lose the fat. Mm -hmm. 
if you eat a lot of protein, you'll keep you'll spare your muscles. And of course, think about what all bodybuilders would say, you know, carbohydrates are muscle, you know, will save your muscles, because you won't start burning your, your own muscle as fuel. Mm -hmm. The truth behind that, but you can do the same thing with fat. And you see, I didn't understand that at the time, because Everyone I knew was in a gym and they were going, no, you got to get the fats out too. Yeah. Right. And you could do that for a couple of days. Think about how miserable athletes are. You've cut up for competitions. <laughs> Think about how miserable. I mean, you want to slap everybody that's in your way. I, I mean, when you, you know, people talk about roid rages, that that's when most of the roid rages were happening. It was because these people were really hangry. Mm -hmm. Roid rages actually happen. We've I've seen it. I played football with these people, but you know. I was like, how can we walk around? People like Steve Reeves and um, Vince Gironda, and uh, I was good friends with him before he died, Mickey Hargitay, the original Mr. Olympia, right? I lived in his guest house for a while. I'm name dropping again, but all Mickey, Har Mickey Hargitay stayed lean until the day he died. Mm -hmm. I learned from him. Mickey was the first guy I knew that did OMAD. And this was back in 1991 when I was living up there with, with Mickey and, and the family. He ate one meal a day and it was mostly steak, right? Now these kids are doing it like it's brand new, right? Mickey Hargitay was lean and mean until he died in his 90s. Okay, so that. I got a question for you on that. And I'm going to, okay, so when you say eat one meal a day, I mean, that's, that's the other thing that we have learned, or I have, is, you know, if you don't feed your body, let's say every three to four hours and keep that fuel high, it's going to be burning the fat. It's going to be burning, you know, all of that. So it's going to keep you leaner. But when you eat one meal a day, your body tends to think that it's starving itself. So it holds on to everything. What is your thought about that? Well, you know, it's not a simple answer. By the way, I'm not a fan of OMAD okay. at all. And I'm not a fan of, of eating windows if you know, because it causes I don't like diet trickery, and it causes diet trickery. So please don't think that I'm promoting OMAD mm -hmm. by any stretch. But people do it and get away with it. And I agree with you, the rest of the day, your body, you know, they talk about, oh, but you're shedding off cells and autophagy and all, all this bullshit you'll get when you go to the Google machine, right? Mm -hmm. Th there's a there's a piece of truth in all of it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, the new supplement that's going to save your life. <laughs> right. There's like, one rat study that was done in, you know, some up in Siberia, and they couldn't replicate it. It yeah. was never done. But now everyone's going to take arginine. Yeah, you know, okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank, thanks for your lie. The same thing happens with all of this, you know, there, there's inklings of truth in all of it. The bottom line is, if you're eating a couple of times a day, I generally don't eat a, a midday meal. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll eat a ton of eggs for breakfast. I'll skip the midday meal. And then I will have a ton of animal protein at night. Do you skip the midday just because you're not hungry or because you want to? Just not hungry. Now, okay. I'll give you an example. Uh, it's Monday. Just so happens it turned out to be leg day for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you know, biggest muscles in your body, uh, you know, I... Um, I probably had four or five eggs for breakfast. Uh, I, I had I put some yogurt because I had them raw. I threw some yogurt in there, and um, I came in after my workout, getting ready for this. And um, I was like, you know what? I need something. Mm -hmm. So I had um, some high fat um, cottage cheese. Right. Mm -hmm. 
you're going to get all of the amino acids you need in that cottage cheese, right? You're getting it in a whole food. You're not just shoveling amino acids, you know, branch chain amino acids into your mouth. Mm -hmm. Again, your body wants to work in concert. It's not going to just, oh, Laurie gave me a bunch of amino acids. Your body would prefer, if you wanted to take it in the powder, the best way to do it is take it in whey protein because mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot more there than if someone cooked it all the way down to just those amino acids, right? Right. And God only knows where those things came from, right? So there, there's this whole thing of, yeah, I felt like I needed something after a leg workout. So I had some cottage cheese. You know, do I have some kind of steadfast thing where if I'm hungry, I, I don't eat and just, no. If I'm hungry, I eat. Usually, if I didn't have to get on this podcast with you, I wouldn't have shoveled in cottage cheese. I would have made myself a nice cheese board. Mm -hmm. Probably had a few olives on there too, right? So it comes down to what, you know, j just what it is that day. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the thing of it is, is I'm, I'm still in my mind though. It's like in my mind, I'm, if I'm eating all this fat, I mean, and seriously, I just, I, I'm afraid that I'm going to look at my body in about a month and I'm just going to have all this fat on me. You know, that's, that's my, that's my thought. That's my brain. That's the way I've been programmed. You yeah. know, and then the other thing is, is that it's like, okay, so now at my age, I realize that I don't want to be super lean because, you know, we can't choose where that fat, you know, leaves our body, you know, and I want a little bit more in my face because the leaner you get when you get older, you look older. So, you know, you, I want that little fat in my face, you know, I want it on my body a little bit. And so it's that balancing act of, okay, am I eating fats or I'm eating carbs to hold on to the fat? You know, it's this whole balancing act that, you know, uh, I'm programmed in my head that I have to own, uh, almost undo, you know, because of eating fats, eating fats, eating fats. It's like, whoa, oh my God, I'm going to look fat if I mean, but I think what, what we need to clarify here is what types of fat, you know, that we're putting in our body. Right. Uh, that does matter. <clears throat> um, First off, saturated fats are the best fats you can have. Name but, name some of that that you're talking about, well, saturated right, so fats, sat for instance. You know, so, right, so you have saturated fats, you have, you know, mono and poly, you know, well, mono and polyunsaturated fats, but saturated fats come, is what you're going to get from an egg yolk or from butter, you know, animal proteins, uh, red meat, um, um, fish, Right. You mm -hmm. always say all this stuff about fish oils. Um, where are you going to get bad fats? Uh, trans fats are the worst. Now, most companies know this and they they've pulled trans fats out of food because trans fats will cause that blockage in your arteries that we hear about. Um, that's where that comes from. Um, years ago, McDonald's used to use beef tallow to, to cook their French fries. And some vegan group got in there and said, you got to pull that out and use seed oils. And as soon as you heat up a seed oil to 700 degrees to cook a fry, and then you let it cool off that night, and reheat it the next day, you've now turned that into a bastardized oil. It was bastardized to begin with. Now you've just, now it's bastardized on steroids, mm -hmm. right? It just becomes this horrible thing. And we thought that that was a good idea. Um, and look, I mean, we can look around now. There are 30 year old kids getting, you know, massive coronaries. Mm -hmm. And that's not coming from animal fats. That's coming from 
this crap seed oil food that everyone is eating. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So the seed oils, um, I mean, are we talking, are all seed oils bad or are there certain ones like, for instance, um, grape seed or, I mean, there's a list, obviously, but is there, are they all considered equal seed oils? For, with, for the most part. Okay. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, rapeseed, which is also called canola, they changed the name because rapeseed just didn't sound like a good product to sell. Mm -hmm. um, so canola, safflower, um, sunflower, grapeseed, um, even most peanut oils. Now, there is a type of peanut oil that is better, but you got to go, you got to go search it out, right? right? It's got to right. you know where they just expel or press and, you know, but the problem is, None of these oils were meant to be used for human consumption. They literally have to put it through all kinds of crap. Most of the stuff is equivalent, and I'm not being funny, to lamp oil or sewing machine oil. Mm. That's, you know, corn oil. That's a seed oil. Right. All of these oils were never meant to be in your body. Right. Right. Um, the good oils come from fruit, you know, uh, coconut oil. Okay. Right. Um, if you can find real avocado oil, that's not cut. Uh -huh. Real olive oil, right? And I'm going to get into the real part of that in just a second. Uh, those oils are good. Cooking with butter, cooking with tallow, which is beef fat, cooking with lard, real lard. Now, if you look at lard, you got to look and see if they didn't put something else in it. Right. And the tallow. You get, we have to read everything nowadays. Oh, they've, they've screwed up our entire, like, I mean, they've put so much crap in all of our food that it's so hard. You really have to do your research in order to get the good stuff out of there. And I know the seed oils is also what causes the inflammation in our body. And the inflammation is what causes all of our diseases and cancers. And, you know, you name it, there's a list that goes on. So uh, it's... Go on. No, go, go ahead. On. There, there are book, there's a book out there called Extra Virginity, um, talking about what goes on in the olive oil world. That book came, I had that author on my show probably 10, 12 years ago. Incredible book. It will open your eyes to a world and you're going to go, oh my God, this is like drugs and mafia stuff. <laughs> um, it's really that weird, right? Uh, UC Davis in California puts out um, every couple of years, they put out the UC Davis oil study. Anyone can go Google it and look it up. They, you know, because most olive oils in this country is 40% seed oil. Mm. And then in order to get it to look like olive oil, because you've almost cut it in half, they have to add a color. And then they have to add an odor to make it at least smell like olive oil. Most people in this country never ever have real olive oil. That's it, it, sad. It's mind boggling, Laurie. Yeah, I believe it. So, okay. So, you know, the fats drop out the carbs, but let me ask you, let's go back to that. Why sure. do we have to drop out our carbs? Why can't we just eat good fats and have some good complex carbs? Um, well, what you, you said good. And then you said complex carbs behind it. <laughs> I know. Right. So, um, <laughs> When you're, let me ask you, let me interview you for a second. <laughs> What's a good complex carb? Give me some examples of what you think a good complex carb is. <clears throat> I mean, rice, potatoes. Um, then again, it's like everybody asks, is it brown rice? Is it white rice? Is it a red potato? Is it a sweet potato? I mean, all these things come across once you say a complex carbs, a good complex carbs. 
So, I mean, again, this coming back from, you know, my, from my bodybuilding days, from my nutritional background, you know, it's like, that's what's been ingrained in my mind. Good complex carbs, bad, bad carbs, sugar, um, you know, that's like one of the main things, but it's, it's, that's what I don't quite understand about, you know, eating the fats and dropping out the carbs. Why are we dropping out the carbs? Is it just to lose weight? No, it, it's, it's more sinister than that. So let me answer the first part of that question okay. first. Um, if you listen to dietitians, they will explain to you that complex carbs are good carbs. Mm -hmm. And the way they will explain it to you, and you can tell me if you've ever heard this or not, they'll say, well, sugar will spike your insulin, it'll spike your sugar and insulin has to come in. But complex carbs, they magically just go from your stomach and they go in slowly. And, and that that's you get the even carbs from from those carbs. They're I'm laughing because yes, that's what I've heard. <laughs> that's what right. I've been programmed to listen to. So a, a quick thing on dietitians, the dietitians, people don't realize this is a, a religious group. Um, they came out of the Seventh Day Adventist um, back in 1865. I think Lincoln was just in office or was just shot right around the time. I can't remember. But um, there was a woman within the church. Her name was Ellen G. White. I talk about this in my first documentary, Fatter Documentary. Ellen G. White um, woke up one day <clears throat> and said, God came to me last night in my sleep. Now, if you came to me tomorrow and said, Vinny, God came to me last night in my sleep, I would see if I could get you professional help. But in 1865, instead of getting Ellen G. White help, the people in the church went, oh, my God, what did God have to say? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, God said we shouldn't eat anything with a face. We shouldn't kill any of his beings in order to live. We, we should never eat. So um, <clears throat> the Seventh-day Adventists went down this thing of veganism. Well, no one could really follow that back in 1865 because we hadn't discovered vitamins yet. Mm -hmm. We hadn't discovered how they work. And we have 13 essential vitamins, and some of those you can't get unless you have animal protein, B12 to be one of them. And um, so no one before we had exogenous vitamins could even be on this crazy vegan diet. <clears throat> there was a young man that was in that church. His name was uh, John M. Kellogg, and um, he became Dr. Kellogg. And, and you might know who he is because uh, he came up with Frosted Flakes. He, he was the guy who created dextrinization where you can you can burn a complex carb down to get a sugar out of it. Mm. That's how we came up with dextrose. We wow. take that from sugar. That was John M. Kellogg. Hang on just a second. I had to hit my cough button. Sorry, folks. Okay. Um, so I'm telling you that to tell you this. The Dietitians Association started with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. That's where it is today. And they would push veganism out loud if they could, but they have to keep it in the background. So they've been pushing that agenda for well over 150 years mm -hmm. at this point. Okay. When a dietitian, a registered dietitian, which hospitals follow, okay, doctors will follow these people because doctors take, and I have doctors on screen in that first documentary, I ask them all the same question. How much 
nutrition did you learn in medical school? Some of them said zero. Some of them said, oh, we had a two hour, someone came in from the dietitians. That's all we had. So we're going to listen to this group that has bad information. So let's look at the complex carb that you think is okay, because you're a smart woman and you listen to smart people. That's what people do. You're a person looking for information, mm -hmm. right? But you went to a smart person, you went to a dietitian. She has a degree or he has a degree. Most of them are she's, I don't know why. Um, you go to that person and they'll say, Laurie, this is complex carb. It works different than a simple carb and it's better for you. Okay. Now you're talking to me, a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me explain to you exactly what happens. Let's say you ate a candy bar, ice cream, something with a lot of sugar. Snickers. Snickers, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Your blood sugar spikes, and then the insulin comes in and pushes it down. And because it spikes so fast, your body releases more insulin than it needed. Mm -hmm. So it pushes it down below where it should have. Your blood, it lowers your blood sugar below that point. Uh -huh. So that's why when you eat the Snickers, you feel good. Uh -huh. 10 minutes later, you think you need a little nappy poo. <laughs> So what happens? Yeah. Because the insulin pushed the sugar below where it was. Insulin did its job really well. Okay. Okay. Now let's say you had a complex carb. Bread. Okay. Pasta. Pasta. That's a good carb. Let's go Back pasta. Back in the 80s, everybody was going to Metzalunas, you know? Mm -hmm. Got to get pasta. It's good for you. Everyone's following pasta. I would go to the Rose Cafe. Hey, have the pre-workout meal. Remember that at yep. Rose Cafe? Yep. All right. Everybody's eating pasta, rice, potatoes. Okay. Yep. You have a complex carb. You, you don't get a, a, a glucose spike. You get what's called a glycogen load. So the dietitian will tell you, oh, yeah, it's just going in there and it's even. He or she is right about the even part, but it's doing this. It's spiking, and now it's way up here, and it's like that. And your body has to keep releasing insulin on top of insulin on top of insulin because it keeps going in. So it's like the spike that never goes away and it could last up to two hours. Mm -hmm. Like when you have a, remember you would have um, Chinese food, the old joke, what do you need 30 minutes after a Chinese meal? You need another <laughs> Chinese meal. You're starving. Right. Well, it, think about it. It takes your stomach three hours, three hours to digest one meal. Yet within an hour, you're hungry again. So your body's releasing insulin on top of insulin to try to fix that problem of that complex carb. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we have two other hormones that come into play. One is called ghrelin. The other one's called leptin. Mm -hmm. Ghrelin is the hormone to make you feel hunger pains. Mm -hmm. it tells you, hey, it's time to eat. Leptin is supposed to tell you you're full. Mm-hmm. But if you keep releasing these hormones all the time, you become resistant to them. Think of someone when you have alcohol. If you never drink and you had one drink, you feel loopy, right? Right. But if you drink every day, you need three or four to get the same loopy that the, the teetotaler would have after one drink. Yeah, because we feel like we build up that tolerance. You build up a tolerance, and that's what happens with this. That's why morbidly obese people will tell you, Vinny, I, you don't understand. I'm hungry all the time. Uh -huh. I get that because you're, you're metabolically broken. 
your insulin has no idea what it's doing anymore. Your your ghrelin is off the charts, your leptin is off the charts. By the way, you're releasing something called cortisol, which is causing inflammation, which is about to fucking kill you in about five minutes if you don't change this. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of this is happening at the same time. Dietitians are saying, have these complex carbs. And I'm here to tell you that's even worse than having a Snickers. Wow. That's where we are. And look at the nation. When you and I were kids, find the fat kid. Yeah. Find the fat kid. You couldn't. Mm -hmm. Now it's find the skinny kid. Yeah. I mean, there's there is one thing that um, I'm, I'm going to repeat what you said on your podcast, which I love, and I've actually repeated it many times, and that is go back to the Woodstock day and look at the crowd in Woodstock, and they were they we didn't have the big box gyms like you said. And yeah. everybody actually looked at a very normal, what we would consider a healthy weight. We didn't have the morbidly obese. We didn't have, you know, and, and like you said, it's like find the skinny person. It's not even find the skinny person, find just the healthy, normal looking person, you know? So, and, yeah. and that is because of now what we are feeding the nation and what we've, they've, they've programmed us to believe and it's programming. It, it, it's amazing what's happened just in a couple of generations. I mean, I tell people all the time, how many people you know who decided New Year's resolution, I'm going to run a marathon. And in your mind, you're going to run a marathon by the time you, you train that 18 or 22 weeks or whatever you do, you're going to look like the guy from Kenya. Mm -hmm. In fact, the only guy in the race that looks like the guy from Kenya is the guy from Kenya, right? <laughs> Everyone else that's crossing, even if you're crossing in a respectable four-hour time, mm -hmm. a lot of these people are carrying weight. And I've said on my podcast many times, because I've trained a lot of people into marathons and triathlons and everything else, if you think you're going to outrun a bad diet, these people show up at the starting line usually heavier than when they started training. The reason being is, on day one of starting a running program, what do you have to do? Well, you got to go buy running shoes. Mm -hmm. And you go to the running store and you have a high school graduate explaining to you that you're pronating. Mm -hmm. They're using the only word that they were taught. And since you're pronating, they put you in a non-pronating shoe. It's all bullshit. You can run barefooted. So you, you go there. And then when you're checking out, there's this, I call it the wall of sugar, mm -hmm. right? Every product you can buy goo, you know, cliff bars, you, oh, yeah. power bars, you, you know, Metrex bars, you can buy those. It's all just candy bars under a different name, mm -hmm. right? And the goo is nothing but dextrose. Remember, uh, right? Yep. It's just great dextrose. This stuff will shoot you out of a cannon, right? And cause problems. These people get to the starting lines heavier than when they started running. Unbelievable. Weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So tell me this. I mean, this is this is where it's like your podcast, your documentaries, your books all come into play. And that is, I mean, what is what 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 do we do about this? I mean, I know we're educating one by one by one in small little groups here and there, you know, on nutritional values and really what's happening. Um, but the obesity in this country has just run rapid. It's just out of control now. What do you do is, you know, I don't know. I sit around talking to other people like me, people like the aforementioned Gary Taubes, 
Uh, my friend Nina Taishos, who comes here to the house, uh, Nina wrote a great book, folks, you might want to get it. It's called Big Fat Surprise, where she shows the science and how the science got it wrong. Nina's been in, <clears throat> Nina's been in two of my three movies. I have a fourth movie. You mentioned four documentaries. The fourth one's coming out this year. Um, and we sit around, Nina and I sat around one night having a couple of drinks and just lamenting over, we're losing this battle. Because mm -hmm. now, you know, um, YouTube has decided, hey, people like me, we're, we're a problem. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they don't just shadow ban you. They told us we're shadow banning this. Mm -hmm. We're not showing this to anyone. Um, so guys like me, you know, I've moved on to Rumble just recently. Um, just this week, I made the decision. I'm not putting anything up on Instagram anymore because my Instagram used to be just over 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. A few months ago, I noticed that people were going away. For every person that comes in, they take 1.3 people away. So every day I'm losing hundreds of people. And I've had people write to me and go, hey, why did you kick me off of your Instagram? It's like, I didn't do it. Instagram wow. did it. Yeah, this stuff really happens. And before um, Musk took over over at uh, Twitter and turned yeah. into X, mm -hmm. they were shadow banning us there. Of we course. were being shadow banned everywhere. At least now we have other places to go, mm -hmm. you know, uh, places like Rumble. And now, you know, you, I mean, uh, not YouTube, but uh, X seems to be open now to where guys like me can speak freely without being banned. Okay. So Vinny, we're talking, we're not even talking politics here. We're talking, no, we're no, talking talk nutrition. Politics. We're talking right. nutrition to where they don't want, you know, the, I mean, so-called what we say, you know, the realization and the truth to get out there because why, why do you think that is? I mean, keep our country fat, keep it obese. What's the point? Uh, the point is money. Um, it, it's an easy trail to follow. Um, and by the way, um, I may have a wonky voice and I might sound like uh, RFK Jr., but I'm not I'm not a tinfoil hat wearing guy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just not. Uh, I'm just a realist and I can follow the money very easily. Um, you know, big food does not want anyone messing with, you know, they can make grain type things for cheap, you know, chips and crackers and cereal and pasta Potato you know chips. i saw a study that showed you know pasta is the healthiest thing you can eat so i went and dug through a study it was put out by barilla the number one pasta maker in the world mm. right? so you can always find the problem you, you go to the american heart association the aha you go to their website they're being sponsored by coca-cola um uh, pepsi you know mars you know all you know all the food companies mm -hmm. And those companies own fast food restaurants, too. Mm -hmm. You go to the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, the last thing a diabetic should be eating is sugar. Mm -hmm. Sponsored by the same companies. Wow. Right? Telling these people to eat this stuff. It's mm -hmm. fine to eat this stuff. Just keep keep putting that drug in you and keep eat, eating this, right? We're telling people, hey, don't exercise. Don't, don't go in the gym. Don't do any of that. Just take a little squirt of Ozempic. Mm -hmm. And if that's not working anymore, you got Wegovy and you got Jardians. We, we got every brand you need, right? They tell people, oh, your cholesterol is over 200. Go take a, a statin. Okay, great. Take a statin because your cholesterol is over 200. Number one, do you have a CAC score of what? 
Do you did you check small dense particles? Do you know what the triglyceride and ratio is between, you know, um, LDL, HDL and triglycerides? Do you know any of that stuff? Do you know if this person has small APOA, APOB? Do you know any of this? And the doctors will say, no, we don't check any of that. We, we see a number and we just give them a statin. That's like saying you go to the doctor and you say, hey, doc, I'm in for a cold. And he starts putting a cast on your leg. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's like, no. doc, why are you putting up my leg? Well, fuck, Laura, you might break it. Yeah. <laughs> that broke right now. I got a chest cold. I, I need you to give me a thing for my chest cold. Y you would laugh if that happened, right? Yeah. Okay. But we do it all the time. I, I use this example, you know, when people, you know, I always say, okay, you know, husband and wife, they're trying to get pregnant, right? I hate that word, try they're trying to get pregnant. They're, right, right. Pregnant, right. So she's trying to get pregnant. And uh, they go to the doctor, fertility doctor, and, and the doctor is like, all right, okay, you seem to be dropping an egg and it seems to be healthy. Okay, that's good. Um, I've checked his sperm level, and he's got swimmers. It looks like, you know, Mark Spitz in there. Oh, my God, this is great. You're healthy. He's healthy. When did you stop taking your birth control? Six months ago. Great. And you're checking your temperature, and you guys are having sex, and the doc, we're fucking like rabbits. Okay, great. And the doctor's perplexed, and he can't figure it out. And right before they leave the office, the guy says to the doctor, hey, doc, you think it would help if I took my condom off? <laughs> You see, when you hear it that way, you know, you go, oh, my God, no wonder you couldn't get pregnant. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you weren't doing everything. The one thing you should have been doing on day one, you weren't doing. Right. Right. It's the same with all of this. We're walking around with a condom on and we can't figure it out. It's Elaborate. Crazy. Elaborate on that. What do you mean we're walking around the condom? Tell me what you mean by that. Tell my audience. Well, it's look. You, you people look around, you know, I'll go to I'll go to dinner parties. Not that many because I'm not that popular. But every now and then we get invited because my wife is lovely and people love her. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we'll go to a dinner party and someone will say to me, um, Vinny, look, um, your reputation. I know you've gotten this person, that person in shape. Oh, my God, your wife looks amazing. And uh, look, I'm tired of walking around 60 pounds heavier. My doctor told me I have hypertension. I got high blood pressure. I got all this stuff. I will do anything. I will, you just tell me what to do. I will do anything to get this weight off and get healthy again. Mm -hmm. And I'll go, okay, you need to cut out sugars and grains. And, and they'll go, oh, okay. Um, I'm okay with, uh, I'm okay with sugar. I'm not really a sugar person. What's a grain? What are you talking about? I was like, oh, you know, corn, rice, pasta. I gonna, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I just gave you the secret. Mm-hmm. Right. I told you exactly what you had to do to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And you said you would do anything, but you're not willing to take the condom off to get pregnant. Oh, my you know, God. So many clients I've had like that. And think about that. You, you, you were a trainer forever. Yep. Right. And they're not willing to do the one thing it takes to make it work for them. They would rather take a pill or something that they can put in their body to make them lose weight without doing the work. And then they'll look at you, you have a perfect body, and they'll go, it's easy for you. You're genetically blah, blah, blah. Oh, yep, absolutely, all day. All day long. You know, hey, I always tell people, you think I'm a genetic freak? Go look at the rest of my family. It looks like the fucking Adams family. 
remember the Munsters? <laughs> yes. And they, they had Marilyn, the, the good, you know, like yeah, the was, one good looking one. The no- they felt sorry for her because she looked weird. <laughs> yes. That's me and my family. I'm Marilyn. <laughs> the rest of my family is 100 pounds overweight, everybody to a person. And they look at me and go, Jesus Christ, you can see his ribs a little bit. This yeah. just can't be healthy. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so spot on. I mean, you know, I'm not going to name names either, but um, I was sitting at, you know, Thanksgiving. Family was there. Um, this was many, many years ago. We had other, you know, other family men- members over. One woman looks at me and, yeah, she's at least, let's say it's 60, 70 pounds overweight. And I got the same one. I got the same exact thing. Well, Lori, it's easy for you. It's it's different. Wait a minute. Why is it different for me? My body's exactly the same as your body is. I'm willing to put in the work. I have put in the work. So today, being at my age, I'm not saying I can cruise, but I have been accustomed to, okay, I'm going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. I mean, I just don't crave those any longer because it's been out of my diet for so many years. So maybe if she says it's easy for you, maybe just a little bit that's true at this point in my life. But in the very beginning, it was not easy for me. I put in the work. I had to do the sacrifices, if you want to call it a sacrifice. I mean, as far as like taking some of the stuff, you know, all this shit food out of your diet and the fried foods. And I mean, I, I would be sitting there and I, <laughs> I'm i laughing because it's just so incredibly moronic in a way is I, you know, I, I, I get this. It's easy for you. But then the next day we go and have, you know, let's say lunch and I'm seeing this this pile of crap food that is just huge on her plate. And she's just like, well, I'm not going to eat all of it, (laughs) you know? And then all of a sudden I look down about, you know, 10 minutes later and it's like three fourths of it is is gone and still going. And it's, it's mind blowing how people, you're absolutely right. 100%. They don't want to put in the work. They don't want to sacrifice maybe that little taste of, you know, fried chicken or, you know, like you said, uh, the, all the pastas. And in this country, we know this for a fact. I mean, we don't give small portions. We're talking pasta that could come out and feed two to three people in your family. Oh, easily. I'll never forget that summer. I was training people in Aspen. I was still living in New Orleans. And it was around 1984, 85, a book called Eat to Win came out by a guy named Robert Haas. And he was the first one that said, hey, just go eat all the pasta you want, eat all the sugar you want. If you don't eat fat, you can't get fat, you know, all of this type of thing. And everybody, Metzalunas was there. That was the first Metzalunas was in Aspen. And then they put one in Brentwood, mm-hmm. the famous one where <clears throat> somehow they never caught the murderer, but uh, OJ's wife was there. And y- you know the story. I know the story. And, um, I walked into Metzalunas and they were like, hey, would you like the pasta primavera? And, and I'm sitting there and back in 84. I'm going, oh, okay, let's see. I hiked a 14,000 foot peak today. I think I'm good for the pasta. And it's like, and it comes with shrimp and the whole thing. It's like, all right, there's some protein there. There was a, a pile of pasta with like two or three shrimp on top. And this is 1984. And it was like 18 bucks. I was like, what, what just happened? This is peasant food of my people. Mm-hmm. And I'm being charged 18 bucks and there's no protein to be spoken of on this plate. You know, I tell people all the time when they going back to what you said earlier, 
you know, I'm not like you, Laurie. I can't do this and the whole thing. And you, all right. I always say to people, look, you wipe your ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> you brush your teeth, right? Yeah. Okay. Those are habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to wipe your ass. There's no one that says you got to ever wipe your ass. There are countries, I've been to third world countries. You go to the bathroom, you better have your own toilet paper because it's not even there. Mm -hmm. I'm not making this up, folks. There are people that never brush their teeth in this world. I've seen that. These are habits. Wiping your ass, brushing your teeth. Habits. Right? We would never consider not doing both. Mm -hmm. Turn this into a habit. That's what I tell everyone. Eat right is a habit. You know, if you buy it at the grocery store, if it's in your pantry, it's eventually going to go through your liver. And once it goes through your liver, it gets dispersed through your body. So the best thing you can do is bypass the liver. Go to your pantry, dump it in the garbage can. You've just bypassed a whole section mm -hmm. of the problem. You know, just like your cousin said, well, I'm not going to eat all of it. Right. And then you look and she's two thirds of a plate down, just mowing through it. Mm -hmm. Right. You can tell yourself something. You can lie to yourself or you can do the truth because the one thing that does not lie is your liver. It will disperse whatever you put through it. It will, it will put it in your body. That's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, and, and put exercise with that as well. I mean, if we're eating correctly, we put some exercise into it. Um, that's the other thing. People are like, I don't even have 30 minutes a day to put into exercise. I am that person that calls bullshit on that. Absolutely. Because we find 30 minutes to do God knows what in our lives, but find that 30 minutes to put into the exercise and create the habit of eating healthy. And you're going to pretty much have the body that you're looking for. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's going to take time. I do remember this from my very, very first trainer before I got in, right when I got into bodybuilding. And I was dieting down for the shows. He goes, I, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm that impatient person, just like everybody else. I'm like, oh my God, how long is this going to take? He goes, well, let's talk about this. How long did it take you to put it on? And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, it's not going to happen overnight. You have to create these habits and you have to let your body adjust over time, you know, in a healthy way, not these fad diets that you're going to lose, you know, let's say a hundred pounds in a month. Not going to work. Right. So it's programming and reprogramming. It's, a, it's almost like taking one person at a time, you know, because of the fact that, you know, if you can, if I can reach, you know, through my podcast, through the people like you, my wonderful guests like you, if we can reach one and two people at a time and help kind of reverse this incredibly terrible downward spiral that we're in as a country, and that we could reach them and have them listen to us. And unfortunately, you know, let's go back to what you just said um, earlier. And that was the science. Everybody's like, well, the science tells me that science tells me. And sometimes the science gets it wrong. You know, most of the time, you know, science is always a moving target. You know, the, the only term I really hate is when people go, it's settled science. Mm -hmm. Science is never settled. Mm hmm. And, and if I figure out something in the next 10 years and it's completely diametrically opposed to what I'm talking about now, I'll be the first one to come out and go, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I was complete. But when, you, when you're me and you've been doing this for 40 years and you see how it works and you've put it into practice, you know, it, 
Okay. Well, you've almost done your own scientific study by having all your clients in the same exact way. Right. And now we have over, we have millions of people that have followed what I've said to do and have lost tons and tons of weight, mm -hmm. right? Just metric tons of weight. So we now have an epidemiological study, but try to get Walter Willett over at Harvard to, to look at that because mm -hmm. he's not, because he's bought and paid for by Unilever and these big companies. I, I could get, I get into that in my movies. Oh, I know that's, that's other, just, other yeah. Where, you would be shocked at how this stuff works. You know, like whenever these vegan propaganda movies come out, like Game Changers. Right? Oh, the the one that's on Netflix right now. Remember, that's the one I talked to you about on your podcast. You, uh, What's it called? You Are What You Eat, I believe. Yeah. And they take the twin study. And I was, I was, it was really fascinating. And to be honest with you, it, it was very fascinating. The first episode, the second episode, all of a sudden I went, holy shit, here we go. And I realized that it wasn't just a scientific study. It was a let's push vegan. You know, it, it became very, very political. They started going down. You know, one of my friends is like, I'm never eating chicken again, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, and I, I actually turned off the program when I realized holy shit, this isn't about my health. This is all about the propaganda and them pushing their agenda. And then I got very disappointed. Well, yeah, you know, I, I always look at these things. I've reviewed a lot of those on the podcast because people go, well, what about this? What about that? So we actually review them mm -hmm. and show people where the, the, the idiocy is and all of it. I mean, when Game Changers, same, same producers, by the way, as Game Changers, when mm -hmm. that came out, it went, okay, this woman was an Olympic athlete and she was a star Olympic athlete. So I went and looked the woman up. She was never on television on the Olympics because she never even made it into the rounds. You know how any country can send anyone? Yes. Like they always send someone from Uganda and yeah. he's on the swim and like, you never see that guy in the pool because they only show the top guy. Well, this woman didn't even make it into the rounds that would be shown in a heat on television. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Okay. You're saying she's a great Olympic athlete, but she couldn't beat a meat eater if her life depended on it. And then they they showed this this other guy. And and then the one that really got me said, this guy is the strongest man in the world. Well, hang on. I've been watching the strongman competition since the 1970s when they used to put it on Wide World of Sports. When that came on, I was fixated to the television. I remember that show. All of these men came from like, you know, Greenland or Iceland or even above that, mm -hmm. right? It's like something about the Northern Lights and being strong and these big Herculean guys. So this guy's strongest man in the world. Hang on, hang on. I've never seen that guy. He doesn't come in and in, to play. They're, they're guys in, and and then I started looking up his records and I went, wait a minute. Back when I was powerlifting in high school, I'm pretty much sure I was doing these same weights mm -hmm. just now a strong man so i'm looking at all this stuff as a matter of fact i saw one thing he did and my younger brother who was stronger than me actually deadlifted more than that guy and and he was a, my younger brother was a joke right so okay well hmm. i think mark smelly bell actually did that when he was farting the other day he lifted more weights than that so i'm doing all this kind of stuff so i looked the guy up and yes, he was one of the strongest men in the world. He won a strongman vegan competition in a small town in Texas. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't the strongest man in the world. He was never in that competition. He couldn't even watch the jocks of those guys in a competition. 
yet in this movie, he was the strongest man in the world. Never, ne not even close. Right. Right. So you start looking at that going, okay, this is one lie after another. Yeah. So how can I believe anything they're saying? Right. It's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. So Vinny, what's your message to everyone? I don't know. I guess my message is go look into everything. Do what I do. I guess I have a lot of time on my hands mm -hmm. to go look into everything. And speaking of time, you had mentioned, you know, everyone goes, I don't have time to work out. The average American folks right now, go look at your phone. If you have an iPhone, if you have a, I don't care which version you have. That there's a thing showing you how much FaceTime you have on that phone every day. The average American looking at these two by four inch pieces of glass up to seven and a half or eight hours a day. Oh, I know. So I do not want to hear that you don't have time. I actually use my phone to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do all of my social media on that phone. Mm -hmm. And I never get to two hours per day. And I work on the phone. And my average weekly time is always like an hour 45 and, you know, on a daily. Right. Right. People are doing seven and eight hours per day. So I don't want to hear you don't have time to exercise. That, that's just, that's a cop out. Very much so. Put the phone down and do this kind of stuff. So I guess that's the message. Drop the phone, go do stuff. If you look around, this, you know, I'm, I'm in a gym in my office. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I'm not sitting here doing something, I'm doing something on a piece of equipment. There, there's a rowing machine here. There's two bikes over there. There's equipment, there's, uh, there's a rack of dumbbells over here, there's a rack behind me. I'm always doing something. Yeah, you're always active. Yeah. Folks, listen, if you want some amazing information, Vinny, tell us, tell my audience exactly where they can find you. Tell them about um, your documentary, where they can find that. And I mean, I want to know more about, you know, all of this myself as well. So, you know, obviously I'm going to be looking up all your information. We're going to be talking more, but tell everybody where they can find you and what they need to start looking for. Um, the first one was called Fata Documentary. Um, it's the poster that's behind me. Uh, that was the documentary that started everything. During the pandemic, I put out Fata Documentary 2. Basically, I took all of the other, all of the parts of the interview that I wanted to go long form. Mm-hmm. And put those out. Some people would say, even though that was the number one documentary of all of them so far, some people will say critically acclaimed the second one, Fatter Documentary 2, is better because you get to see all of these people in long form. Uh, and then we put out one a year ago called Beyond Impossible. Mm -hmm. Talk about all of this crappy food, you know, the engineered food, Beyond Burgers, Impossible Meats, all this kind of stuff. And it's all, I don't, I don't sugarcoat, no pun intended, anything. Here are the facts. Here, yeah. here they are. You, you can call me a liar, prove me wrong. Um, and now we have one coming out. Um, we're actually, I have one coming out about keto. And um, I guess most people think, oh, wait, you're one of the people that created keto. Oh, I got a lot of things to say about keto. Okay. And uh, hopefully uh, I've done well enough on this show. Uh, hopefully I pass the audition. I can come back on when that movie comes out. <laughs> yeah, you pass the audition. <laughs> when is that coming out? <laughs> I'm hoping to get it out in the next month to six weeks. Excellent. And uh, so I'll be out pushing it. Are you, you're out in California, right? Yes. Uh huh. Are you in the Valley? Where, where are I'm you? right here where? in the Valley, in the Burbank area. 
maybe we could do one in person because Let's, I'm going to come. Oh my God. I would love that. Come you in the studio. Absolutely. That would be great. Um, and your book you is know, on Amazon, correct? It's shocking to me. The book is now like 11 or 12 years old and it still sells in mm -hmm. a big way. Um, it was up for Audible Book of the Year that first year. I was up against Dolly Parton. Wow. For Audible Book of the Year. And I'm like sitting there going, in what world? In what world does this happen? Yeah. And, you know, it, it just, it's all surreal. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah, go check that. You can listen to And then you have the uh, vinnytortorich.com, correct? Yeah. Spill your last yeah. name for him. T-O-R-T-O-R -R again, I-C-H. Um, and at vinnytortorich.com, we have all kinds of tools. Some of them are free. Um, you you can actually, most people will say they've lost all the weight they needed to lose and never paid me a dime. Uh, we made the PDF. We put a $10 charge on it as a social experiment. And when we did that, people started taking it more seriously. Isn't that funny? Just charging $10 for something I gave away over 300,000 times for free. There's no value to people for some weird reason if it's free. Yeah. <laughs> It's just crazy. And so we put a charge on it. Now people take it more seriously. We have something called vinnytortorich.com uh, slash VIP group. Mm -hmm. And that thing is taken off like hotcakes because I actually go on with these people privately twice a month and hold them accountable because I think the biggest problem people have in this world, Laurie, is accountability. 100%. Think about you as a trainer, right? They they kept coming back because you held them accountable. Mm -hmm. No other reason. Right. Right. I mean, I would be, I would keep coming back because you're so damn cute. Oh, that you. would be me. Um, <laughs> and maybe, yeah, maybe you keep me accountable. Who knows? Um, so yeah, you know, that, that's where people can find me and that, that's the whole deal. Thank and you. you, if you want to see me with my cute hat on, go watch this podcast uh, because I'll look pretty damn sharp right you now. You are adorable. This is going to be on YouTube. Vinny, thank you so much. I mean, I could sit and talk to you as, you know, we both know being on your podcast for hours about nutrition yeah. and fats and complex carbs and exercising. It's an endless conversation because it's a gazillion dollar business entity, you know, industry that's just kind of like spiraled downhill. So thank you so much for coming on today. And yes, come back. Once that documentary comes out, you're going to come back. We'll talk about that. Folks, go to his website, go listen to his, his, his book, Fitness Confidential, watch his documentary, Fat, Fat 2, Beyond, um, I love that one, by the way, um, the documentary, um, and it's called Deep, Beyond, Beyond, Impossible. Beyond Impossible, and I remember seeing that when it first came out. I am so excited to go back, and I want to watch that one, I've watched the other two. Vinny, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an, a great time to sit and chat with you about this. Um, if, like you said, if we can talk, if we can touch one to two to five to ten people at a time, I yeah. mean, that's all we can do. Yeah, all it, we it's can do. simple. It and is. Laura, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. And um, and when your book comes out, when when, when is that coming out? Um, that'll be the first. It's about the end of the first quarter, so the beginning of probably what summer or something like that. Well, you have to come back because everyone loved you on my show. Everyone's Thank still you. writing to me going, oh, my God, this woman's great. Where did you find her? It's like she was right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Vinny. We'll talk soon. Um, you're, you have been listening to Chillin' with Ice. 
and my today's guest, Vinny Tortorich. And thank you again. And until next time, Chillin' with Ice, this is where legends live on. Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and share wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chillin' with Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at lori.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chilling with you next time here on Chilling with Ice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.